0: Hello, my name is Hannah Bailey, and today I will be talking about the new methodology developed to evaluate protein quality in processed human foods. This methodology is called the Digestible Indispensable Amino Acid Score, or DIAS, as I will be referring to it for the duration of this presentation. The DIAS methodology was developed by the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations, or abbreviated FAO, and you can see their logo in the upper right-hand corner. Prior to DIAS, the FAO had developed the protein digestibility corrected amino acid score or abbreviated PDCAAS. The PDCAAS methodology has been used for over 25 years to evaluate the protein quality of human foods. However, many limitations have been identified and therefore DIAS was developed to replace PDCAAS. The main differences between these two methodologies are as follows. The PDCAS methodology uses rat fecal digestibility, whereas DIAS uses pig ileal digestibility values. This is important because we know amino acids are completely absorbed by the end of the small intestine. In addition, when analyzing protein in the feces, the value will be overestimated due to the effect of microbial protein. Also, the FAO has determined the pig as the most appropriate model when evaluating protein digestibility for humans. Secondly, PDCAS uses a single crude protein digestibility value, whereas DIAS utilizes the digestibility of each individual amino acid. This is important because amino acids differ in their digestibilities and the requirements differ for each individual amino acid. Thirdly, PDCAS uses one reference scoring pattern for children 2 to 5 years of age, whereas DIAS uses three reference scoring patterns one from birth to 6 months six months to three years, and one for children older than three years, adolescents, and adults. Now, although Dias has become more specific in its reference patterns, it still fails to recognize the different amino acid requirements for pregnant and lactating women, the elderly, and the malnourished population. Lastly, Dias no longer requires values greater than 100 to be truncated. This enables the identification of complementary proteins, which I will give an example of later on in this presentation, as well as the determination of dias for mixed diets. As I mentioned, the FAO has identified the pig as the most appropriate model when determining protein digestibility for human foods. So how do we determine dias in the pig? First, a T cannula is surgically inserted into the distal ileum of the pig. The pigs respond very well to this surgery, and as you can see by the second picture, the pig is up and acting natural with no irritation around the surgical site. During experimental periods, we allow the pig five days of adaptation to the diet and two days of collection. During collection days, ileal digesta are collected for 9 hours each day, and this is done by removing caps and securing a 250 milliliter plastic bag to the cannula barrel via zip tie. The ileodigesta flowing into the bag are then collected. The bags are removed when filled with ileodigesta, or at least once every 30 minutes, and immediately stored at negative 20 degrees Celsius to prevent bacterial degradation of amino acid. Now let's move on to how we actually calculate dias. First, we analyze the concentration of amino acids in the test ingredient. Then, as previously explained, we feed this test ingredient to a cannulated pig and collect the ileal digesta. This ileal digesta is then analyzed for amino acids to enable the calculation of standardized ileal digestibility, or SID, of amino acids in the test ingredient. These two steps complete the lab and animal work that is required for DIAS. The rest of the steps in determining DIAS are simply calculations. Next, the concentration of amino acids in the test ingredient is divided by the SID of the same amino acid in the test ingredient resulting in the concentration of digestible-indispensable amino acids in the test ingredient. The concentration of digestible-indispensable amino acids are then divided by one of three reference scoring patterns resulting in the calculated digestible-indispensable amino acid reference ratio. And the amino acid with the lower ratio is what determines the DAS for that test ingredient. Now to help make this calculation a little clearer, I will walk you through an example. For this example, we will determine diase for wheat for persons older than 3 years. Wheat is a cereal grain, and we know that cereal grains are first limiting in lysine. So for the sake of simplicity, I will only be showing the calculation for lysine, however it is important to note that all indispensable amino acids are required for this calculation. For the first step, the amino acid concentrations are analyzed in wheat and it is observed that the concentration of lysine is 33.4 mg per gram of crude protein. Next, wheat is fed to a cannulated pig and the SID of lysine is determined to be 77%. The concentration of lysine in wheat is then multiplied by the SID of lysine and this results in the concentration of digestible lysine in wheat to be 26 mg per gram of crude protein. The concentration of digestible lysine is then divided by the lysine reference pattern determined by the FAO for persons older than 3 years, which is 48 mg per gram of crude protein. When these two values are divided, the resulting value is the digestible, indispensable amino acid reference ratio for lysine, which is 0.54. Now, as I mentioned, we know lysine is the first limiting amino acid in wheat. Therefore, the dias for wheat is 54%. Once a food item has an established dias, a nutrition claim may be made about the food item's protein quality. The FAO has established two protein claims that can be added to a food item's label based on its determined dias. If the dias is greater than or equal to 100, the food item can be claimed as an excellent source of protein for that specific age group. For a food item to be claimed as a good source of protein for a specific age group, its dias needs to be between 99 and 75. And if a food item has a dias less than 75, there can be no claim made about its protein quality. For example, wheat had a dias of 54, therefore no claim can be made about the protein quality of wheat. These dias ranges are important because a dias greater than or equal to 100 indicates the potential of that protein to complement lower quality proteins such as wheat. And I will give an example of this later on in the presentation. Since the establishment of dias in 2013, many proteins have been analyzed and assigned a dias. For example, Dias has been determined for a number of cereal grains, plant proteins, and dairy proteins. In addition, Dias was determined for one muscle cut of beef that underwent a few different processing methods. However, pork has yet to be analyzed for Dias, and it is very important to analyze different processing methods that animal proteins may undergo because humans rarely eat raw meat. I mentioned that since 2013 a number of proteins have been assigned a dias and I will give a few examples of those here for persons older than 3 years. The animal proteins are shown in blue, the plant proteins are shown in orange, and the cereal grains are in gray. The animal proteins, for example milk, whey, and beef, generally have dias greater than 100, and if you recall a dias greater than 100 means these proteins are of excellent quality plant proteins, for example soy and peas, generally are observed having dias between 99 and 75. That means these proteins generally are good sources of protein. Now the cereal grains, for example oats, rice, and corn, generally have dias less than 75 and therefore need to be complemented by a higher quality protein in order to supplement adequate amounts of amino acids to humans. The Stein Monogastric Laboratory recently determined dias for beef and pork products. We thought these animal proteins were important because pork is the most widely consumed meat in the world and beef is the third most widely consumed meat in the world. For the experiment, we wanted to test the hypotheses that both pork and beef products have dias greater than 100 and that processing will increase the dias of these products. For the first experiment, we analyzed three cuts of pork the pork belly, pork ham, and pork loin. Within each cut, we analyzed three different processing methods. For the pork belly, we analyzed it in its raw form, as a cured and smoked product but still uncooked, and as a cured, smoked, and fully cooked product. For the pork ham, we analyzed it in its uncured form, cured with celery salt, and cured with prog powder. In addition, all of these pork cans were fully cooked to approximately 73 to 74 degrees Celsius. For the pork loins, we wanted to evaluate the effect that temperature may have on protein quality, so analyzed loins were cooked to 63 degrees Celsius, 68 degrees Celsius, and 72 degrees Celsius. Moving on to the results of the first experiment. For the sake of time, I am only going to show the diet results determined for persons older than three years but please note that the results for children six months to three years follow the same trends, and the dias for the age group birth to six months was not determined because this group does not commonly consume meat products. For the pork bellies, the smoked cooked belly had the greatest dias of 142, while raw belly had a dias of 119 and smoked belly had a dias of 117. For the pork hams, the ham cured with celery salt, or the alternatively cured ham, had the greatest dias of 133. However, I want to point out that the conventionally cured ham with prog powder and the alternatively cured ham had numerically greater dias than the uncured ham, suggesting that curing may increase the protein quality of pork hams. For the pork loins heated to different temperatures, the loin heated to 63 degrees Celsius had the greatest dias of 133, whereas the dias of the 68 and 72 degrees loins did not differ. The amino acid in least concentration when compared with the amino acid requirements of persons older than 3 years and that ultimately determined the dias for all these products was valine. For this first experiment with the pork products, we were able to conclude that based on dias, all of these products can be considered excellent quality protein sources for the specific age group. In addition, the amino acid in least concentration when compared with the human amino acid requirements was valine for all pork products. For processing, we can conclude that overheating may reduce dyes as we observed in the pork loins. In addition, there may be a positive effect of curing and moderate heating on diase as observed with the pork hams and loins respectively. Moving on to the second experiment, we analyzed eight different beef products. Again, we look at three types or cuts of beef, ready-to-eat products, ground beef, and ribeye roast. Within each cut, we evaluated different processing methods. For the ready-to-eat products, we evaluated salami, bologna, and beef jerky. For the ground beef, we evaluated it in the raw form and fully cooked form. And for the ribeye roast, they were heated to different internal temperatures similar to how the pork loins were heated. We evaluated the ribeyes heated to 56 degrees Celsius, 64 degrees Celsius, and 72 degrees Celsius. Now, moving on to the results. Again, I will only show results for dias calculated for persons older than three years, but we saw similar trends for dias calculated for children six months to three years. Looking at the ready-to-eat products, bologna had the greatest dias, however, salami and beef jerky also had a dias well above 100. We observed something different with the ground beef. The cooked ground beef had a dias less than 100, and the raw ground beef had a very high dias of 121. Because the beef was ground prior to heating, the surface area of the product increased, causing greater heat damage to the proteins and resulting in the significant decrease in dias for cooked ground beef compared to raw ground beef. For the ribeye roast, the ribeye heated to 64 degrees Celsius had the greatest dias, and if you recall, the pork loin heated to 63 degrees Celsius also had the greatest dias among the heated loins, suggesting that moderate heating of intact meat may increase the protein quality of those products. The amino acid in least concentration when compared with the amino acid requirements for persons older than 3 years varied slightly among products. Leucine was the amino acid in least concentration for bologna and the two ground beefs. Sulfur amino acids were in least concentration for beef jerky. And valine was the amino acid in least concentration when compared with human amino acid requirements for the remaining products. For the second experiment, we can conclude that based on the dias these beef products are generally excellent sources of protein and the amino acids in least concentration when compared with human amino acid requirements are leucine, valine, and sulfur amino acids. For processing, there was a negative effect of grinding and overheating on dias. In contrast, there was a positive effect of curing, drying, and moderate heating on dias. Moving on to protein complementation, if you recall, I mentioned that food items with a dias greater than or equal to 100 indicates the potential of that food item to complement a lower quality protein. This concept is especially important for developing countries that rely heavily on cereal grains which supply a low-quality protein or an unbalanced amino acid pattern. I am going to give an example of how two proteins can complement each other. This bar graph will show the digestible, indispensable amino acid reference ratios for all amino acids for cooked ground beef and polished white rice. If you recall, the cooked ground beef evaluated in the second experiment had a diass of 99, and polished white rice has been previously evaluated and assigned a diass of 64. Rice is a cereal grain, so we know it is first limiting in lysine. In contrast, beef has a greater concentration of lysine, resulting in a reference ratio well above 1 or 100 for lysine. However, the cooked ground beef has low concentrations of leucine and valine but the polished white rice has a leucine and valine reference ratio above 1 or 100. Therefore, when we combine these products together, the amino acid patterns will complement each other and result in a diase greater than 1 or 100 for this mixed meal. Now it is important to point out that diase does not take into consideration quantity, so if a human consumes a spoonful of this mixture, it is most likely not meeting 100% of their amino acid requirements. However, DIAS does show that this food combination supplies a balanced amino acid pattern. Overall, we can conclude that pork and beef products generally have DIAS greater than 100, meaning they are excellent quality protein sources, that curing and moderate heating of pork and beef may increase the protein quality of the end product, and that pork and beef may be used to complement lower quality proteins to ultimately have a mixed meal that is balanced in indispensable amino acids. With that, I would like to thank you for listening to this podcast, and if you would like to know more about this topic or know more about nutrition in general, I encourage you to visit our website at nutrition.anside.illinois.edu